This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3417, for Tuesday the 7th of September 2021. Today's show is entitled, Ceph Cluster Hardware. It is hosted by Daniel Person, and is about 12 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, looking into the hardware, behind my Ceph Cluster. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. And welcome to another podcast. And I'm Daniel Parison, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about hardware. Uh, I have a Ceph cluster at home, and it's a little bit of a storage solution. And usually you create a NAS, you have large machines with a lot of memory and a lot of disk space in order to save a lot of things on them and perhaps run your Plex server from it or run any other media server from it. But in my case, I wanted to have a place where I could save all my media and be pretty sure that it doesn't get corrupted if I lose any data or something like that. So I want to have a lot of copies of it. I also have a backup solution where I send it. And this was actually prompted even more by uh, me trying to restore my backup after I upgraded to Windows 10, where all my files were lost. And then I tried to uh, get it from my backup and I uh, got the news that the backup solution had removed all my files because they thought that it was removed when the Windows server was removed. So I switched over to a Windows 10. They didn't recognize my computer anymore, thought the old computer was not valid anymore and removed that backup, which was a really hard pain for me and I'm not using them anymore. Uh, so I wanted to have a good local backup and a good backup solution in the cloud. And I'm thinking about getting a second backup in the cloud as well, because this time I lost uh, 202.7 terabytes of data originals from my YouTube production. And I don't want to lose that again. Uh, You can actually uh, take out all your data from Google so you can export those files again. I'm not sure that I get the same quality, but I at least get something back, which is really nice. 
so my backup solution back at home is a Ceph cluster. And that's because we are running Ceph at work as well. So I wanted to have something that I could both use as a backup solution and also use as a test bed for my development at work or my work. So uh, to create this uh, Ceph cluster, I started with what can I have that is cheap and small? So I was thinking Raspberry Pi, that could be something. Can we actually use Raspberry Pis and put a hardware on them so we can have a hard disk on them? And I actually found a solution from Geekworm where you had a package with an extra card where you could put an SSD on it and then you could uh, mount that to your Raspberry Pi. I bought a Raspberry Pi 3 with one gig of memory which in hindsight was a lot less than I needed. And it's also an ARM processor, but I got it to work and uh, tested with my uh, wife's old SSD. So it's just 256 gigabytes or something like that. But it actually worked in that uh, configuration, but getting Ceph to work on it was a real pain because there were no packages for ARM and I needed to rebuild the Ceph cluster. So I had to build my own packages, which took a week or something. And I couldn't build all of it because uh, some of it was written in Node and building something in Node requires more than one gig of memory. So that was not an option, but it, uh, eventually I got it to build uh, with those packages and I got Ceph to work on it, but I'm not running it in my cluster. I'm using it as a client to do my backups. So if my computer isn't on, it still would do backups from my cluster using that Raspberry Pi, which was pretty nice. The Raspberry Pi was 75 or $50 or something like that in, uh, at, in Sweden. And then the packaging for an, a container and also this extra card was $75. And then you have a lot of shipping and taxes and so on because you buy things abroad and that's really expensive in Sweden. Uh, so uh, this was not really a good way to have uh, small usable hosts in my Ceph cluster. So I was looking at something else and I talked to my company about it and because it was something that could help my work, they were uh, really keen on helping me out. So they said that we can buy the computers and you just supply them with some uh, hard disks so you can have your backup. So we do a solution like that. So first we tried to buy a mini PC, Asus PN40BC556ZV, which has a Celeron um, a CPU in it with four gigabytes of memory and it had a 64 gigabytes SSD in an M2 slot, which was really nice. I didn't really look at what the CPU could do because it was more than enough. You don't really need that much CPU power, but you need at least four gigabytes of memory if you have a little bit of a larger um, node, a little bit larger hard disk in it. So there was also an extra slot for an, uh, two and a half, um, two and a half uh, inches uh, hard drive. So I could put that in as well. And I found some hard drives that was not SSDs, uh, but 
they were really large and not that expensive. So I could buy a four terabyte disk for about $150 or something like that. So I put that in, but that hard drive was a bit thicker, so it didn't really fit inside of the casing in a good way. So I had to do some customization to that, get that to work. So this was not a really good note. So uh, after that, we uh, skipped that one and bought another one called MSI QB 5 Mini PC. Um, and and the, la the last one cost me uh, $265 US dollars plus the, the hard disk. Uh, and the new one here, MSI QB 5 Mini PC, is about $312, so a little bit more expensive, but it's much nicer. It has a Celeron 525U, uh, 4 gigabytes of memory and RAM, and it has a 64 gigabytes SSD in an M2 slot as well. And what's really nice with this one was that you mounted the hard drive in the floor of the machine and then you had a cable up to the motherboard so you had a little bit more space to actually fit this little bit thicker SSD in it which was a really nice trade-off. Yeah, it was a little bit more expensive but I now can put either a 4 terabyte or 5 terabyte disk in these and if you have a couple of those you have a lot of redundancy. In my case, I run my Ceph cluster with at least two copies up to uh, three copies. So I have a lot of redundancy. I can lose two machines and be pretty sure that everything works just fine. Uh, so doing updates and so on on the Ceph cluster would be really easy. Uh, so this is my setup at the moment. I'm running a Ceph cluster with the latest Octopus release and I'm having a solution that can actually um, reach it from my Windows machines and my Linux machines, which is really nice. So I have an extra hard drive with a lot of space in it. Um, if you are uh, interested in seeing these machines and how large they are and how uh, they are set up, I have a YouTube video that I go through the machines and show them. I'm not a pro at that, but I think it uh, went pretty well at least, and I will put that in the description. I hope that you found this interesting. I hope that you have some more information about what kind of hardware you can get. I reached out to a hardware forum and they thought that that solution was not that good. They thought that perhaps you should use some other computer called an uh, HPE EC200A, which had two SATA drives for five and a half inches uh, drives, which could be cheaper and also better for the um, environment because you can have more space in one unit. I haven't looked into that, but that could be really interesting. Those are a little bit larger and for a test cluster that is uh, not really needed. But if I will uh, add more hosts to this one, I will look into other tiny or mini, um, tiny or mini computers that I could put in to get more space. Um, yeah, I hope that you like this uh, little podcast and I hope to... And I hope that you use a lot of open source software. And if you want to reach out, just put a comment in the comment section field and I will read it whenever I get the time.
You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.